Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD innovation. So this is Dr. Greg Goodman on the Modern MD, episode number 42. Really excited. We've got Vishal Varani, who is the co-founder of the Doctorpreneurs, the global community for medical entrepreneurs with a mission to provide the next generation of entrepreneurs with insights, network, and opportunities to lead innovative improvements in healthcare. Vishal graduated from UCL Medical School in 2011 and completed his foundation training at William Harvey Hospital in King's College Hospital in London. He then worked at Mansfield Advisors, a startup healthcare consultancy analyzing business plans for medical technology companies and private hospital groups. Vishal currently works as a management consultant at OCNC Strategy Consultants. Vishal, welcome to the Modern MD. Such an honor to have you on the show. Hi, Greg. Uh, pleasure to be here. Looking forward today. So tell us a little bit about you personally, Vishal, and your entrepreneurial journey. Sure. So, so I think you summed up the sort of the, the, the key facts as they are. But uh, I guess there's always a more interesting story behind the facts. And to, to be honest, my sort of entrepreneurial way of thinking really didn't kick in until my second year of being a doctor, which was effectively where we're looking, 2013. So, so relatively recently, nowadays I come across so many medical students um, and even sort of school students who are so entrepreneurially minded. I mean, that really just wasn't me until until much more recently. Uh, so it's definitely not something that I was born with or that I've always had natural talent or inclination for. But um, it, it's more circumstances, really. In 2013, I was looking for, you know, other options outside of the clinical world. And that's when I came across Doctorpreneurs. So actually, I was initially a, a fan of doctorpreneurs, a follower of doctorpreneurs. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I suddenly become a, a co-founder of the reincarnated version of doctorpreneurs, which was a, which is quite an interesting uh, journey. But um, yeah, the first time I came across doctorpreneurs was in 2013. I went to one of the events and, and basically doctorpreneurs, to give you a little bit of background, started in 2011 by a lady called Claire Novorol, who was a medical doctor at the time, was doing her PhD in Cambridge and, and became quite entrepreneurially minded but realized there wasn't anything for doctors in the UK interested in entrepreneurship. And therefore, you know, doctors entering the entrepreneurial world was quite a daunting thing at that time for doctors and for her. So she set up this network, which was effectively a website, and it was very much events-based. So she would run a few networking events throughout the year. And it was at one of those events that I met Claire and uh, also got my first job at the at Mansfield Advisors, the startup healthcare consultancy you mentioned. I then went to another couple of, of events. And basically, it just the work got too much for Claire as one person running doctorpreneurs and also being a doctor at the same time and doing a PhD. So she let things die effectively. But at that time, I think in 20, early 2014, myself, Avi Mera and Nick Dragalia, a couple of other sort of doctorpreneurs followers effectively, emailed her and, and asked her, you know, what's going on with doctorpreneurs? We think it's a great idea. And it's sort of all gone very quiet. Um, and she explained that she didn't have the time to keep running it. Um, and that was when the four of us basically got together and said, well, let's reignite this thing. And crucially, let's try and create something more sustainable and compatible with a day job. And so we all had day jobs at the time. We were all, I think, 
still in medicine. And so we got together. And so that's how Doctorpreneurs came about. And, you know, alongside that, I then soon after that joined uh, Mansfield Advisors, a healthcare consultancy. And, you know, ever since then, I've been in the consultancy world. And I've realized that that world is just a lot more interesting to me than the medical world. So yeah, I think it's a very personal decision. I realized that business was a more interesting and creative and intellectually stimulating path for myself. So that's how I've sort of ended up where I am. And that's how Doctorpreneurs 2.0, I guess you would say, uh, started in 2014. I love it, Vishal. It's, uh, it's incredible the work you guys are doing. I think we share a similar passion for, for helping physicians become entrepreneurs and you know, really impacting uh, the healthcare space. So love the work you guys are doing at Doctorpreneurs 2.0. We love to get started on the show with the success quote. Do you have a quote that's important to you or, you know, something that's inspiring? Yeah, I mean, I have a quote. Well, first I thought, should I go with a business specific quote? But then I realized actually I've got a quote for life, which probably applies to the business world as well. For me, it's a sort of focus on the journey, not the destination. I mean, I think that this is something that I sort of think about a lot when I'm obviously traveling, which I like to do, but also increasingly when I look at my career. And, um, you know, I think a lot of doctors, a lot of startup founders, even, and every and people in all sorts of different careers are always thinking about the next promotion or the next position they could step up to or, or, you know, what's next for them. And they don't always take the time to appreciate what they're currently doing or what learning can I extract from what I'm doing right now. So effectively, the journey to get to my next promotion destination or next job destination, what can I actually learn from that? So I think that's something I've always, uh, always thought of. Well, I say always thought of, but, you know, as I've changed careers a couple of times um, in the last few years, I, I've always thought that that's the, the really important. It's not, oh, I need to be here in five years, whatever it takes to get there. It's more like, well, I'm really going to enjoy the next five years that it takes to get to the next place that I want to be at in my career. I think it's so important. It, it, you know, life's a journey, enjoying each of the steps, being present and really enjoying the path, especially the entrepreneurial path, which can be winding and, you know, fun ride, you know, if enjoyed and kind of looking at uh, some of the opportunities along the way. So I know you mentioned and kind of discussed some of your, what I term the white coat to business suit, but can you talk a little bit about, you know, the mindset during your transition? It's hard for a lot of physicians to kind of, you know, leave clinical medicine. We spend time training. What was kind of your mindset during the, the white coat to business suit transition? And, you know, what were some of the things that, you know, helped to make that transition easy for you? I guess, you know, you come back to this thing about circumstances in life. And for me, there was an element of a push factor. And then there was also an element of a pull factor. And I think, you know, you usually need the two to happen for a change to happen to occur in your life. So so for me, 2013, a second year of training as a doctor was doing my GP rotation. So the way it works in the UK is you do the first two years of your training as a doctor after med school are in a variety of rotations. So you don't specialize straight away. That's, it turns out for, for my career ended up being really valuable because it gave me a chance to experiment with a few different things, effectively cross out a couple of things that I knew I didn't want to do and, you know, really sense check the one thing I thought I did want to do, which was being a GP. I did four months of my GP rotation and I started to realize that it wasn't really for me. I saw what the partners were doing in my GP practice, thought 20 years from now, this will be me and it doesn't, it's not what I want to do. I think that's always a really important sense check see what people 10, 20 years down the line in your chosen projected career path are going to be doing and speak to them, talk to them, understand what they're doing. And, and you really get to understand if they enjoy what they're doing. And, and if they enjoy it and you, it sounds like you would enjoy it, then that's a really good 
sort of validation for your career. But for me, it just wasn't that way. You know, I spoke to the GPs and it wasn't really wasn't really interesting to me. So so that was the push factor. And effectively, the pull factor was a lot casual in a way and not very structured. I, I think I would just Googled consulting on the internet at some point. I mean, at this point, I didn't know anyone in the world of management consulting. Um, I didn't know really many people in the business world, apart from my dad, who runs his own business. But I never talked to him about his business. You know, I was always like, well, I'm a doctor. I'm not interested in all this business type stuff. So anyway, I think I Googled consulting and it sounded interesting to me. And I thought, you know, I'm at the stage in my career where I don't have a mortgage to worry about, no kids to worry about. So why not give something else a punt if I know that you know being a GP isn't for me? So I guess read about consulting, sounded interesting. So that was the pull factor. Um, and after that, I just thought, yeah, I'm going to take a punt on this. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to go back. So, so I wasn't one of those people who thought, yeah, I've really written out the list of pros and cons. And I've really studied this in massive detail, which I think medics become very good at doing, you know, lots of research, scientifically minded research in everything that they do. Um, and I think that there's X percent chance this is a better option for me. You know, and then it wasn't anything like that. It was very much a gut instinct that consulting and the business world might be more appealing to me. I was becoming quite curious by that stage about the world around me outside of medicine. And I thought, you know, consulting in the business world might help to um, satisfy my curiosities a bit better than medicine was doing. Uh, so I took a punt, joined consulting and effectively consulting my first two years in consulting. I, I, a lot of people say this, but, you know, I really do agree that it was an MBA on the job, effectively. And I learned a heck of a lot about business and realized that I really enjoy the business world. And I think that enjoying the business world is a very important step towards an entrepreneurial career, because effectively, you know, I think you have to be very passionate about wanting to set something up and having a problem that you want to fix. But fundamentally, if you can't understand the business dynamics behind fixing that problem, you either need to get someone in who does understand it or you need to start understanding it yourself. So I think for a lot of people, probably becoming interested in the business world is a good stepping stone to get into entrepreneurship. And that's how it's been for me. And now I'm very interested in the startup world, but that's because I, I appreciate it from the business point of things, I think. Very, very cool. And I think it's awesome that you kind of went with your gut check and uh, pulled yourself, to, you know, right into the consultancy world. I think a lot of physicians, to your point, do and spend a lot of time in the details and it would be a long list. So that's, uh, it's very entrepreneurial. You just dove into the, uh, the consulting space, kind of made that happen. That's really incredible. So let's go into the idea to venture section. Pumped to hear a little bit more about the Doctrepreneur's big mission and uh, some of the exciting work that you guys are doing with opportunities. I know a little bit about your podcast, you know, excited to, to learn a little bit more about you know, the big mission and goals and, uh, you know, some of the exciting work you guys are doing. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, the podcast is one of the new, the new innovations that Dr. Preneurs has come up with. And that is a podcast between James Gupta at Dr. Preneurs and obviously yourself, man. I think we're up to episode five with that now. And I think it's going really well. It's got into sort of the new and noteworthy in Apple. That's definitely been a very positive innovation and development for us over the last few years, over the last few months, even. So with Dr. Preneurs, as I mentioned very briefly at the start, you know, we're in basically Dr. Preneurs 2.0. We pivoted. So I say we, Claire Novarol, pivoted from the events-based doctorpreneurs a few years ago to what is more now an online community that we hope to be scalable and sustainable for the long term. Uh, so what we have primarily is a website, which is doctorpreneurs.com. There are sort of three strands to the website and the offering of doctorpreneurs. One is content. And I think content for us has always been key. Predominantly, that is interviewing healthcare entrepreneurs. And I think that's why there was a affinity and synergy between what we're doing and what you're doing, Greg, at Modern MD. And that's why how I came to reach out 
to you, I think was a very cold, is just effectively a cold LinkedIn message a few years, a couple of years ago, or even last year said, hey, you know, why don't we do something together? So, so that's one strand of what we've got on our website, interviewing healthcare entrepreneurs with a UK uh, skew, but we do interview some US entrepreneurs as well, such as uh, Sean Duffy, and also Josh Landy at Figure One we interviewed recently. So that's one thing we do. Another thing we do is we offer resources such as sort of events listings. Again, those are UK-based and Europe-based at the moment. Resources such as interesting articles for doctors. And then the third thing is sort of the most, the, the newest thing that we've got, which you alluded to earlier, which is Doctorpreneur's Opportunities. And that is effectively a listing of full-time, part-time and internship opportunities for doctors and medical students interested in the startup world to, to sort of get a taste of the startup world or work full time with the startup world. And yeah, that's something we're looking to grow because what we realized having set up Doctorpreneurs is there's lots of startups out there which are lacking for clinical advice or clinical input into what they're doing. There's lots of people who are not of a healthcare background who are very interested in healthcare startups, have set up healthcare startups and sorry, very successful ones. They really would like to get a medical director on board or a medical advisor or, um, you know, all sorts of other medical type people to help with them with their startup. So so we realized there was a gap there in the market. So what we have got is a various startups advertising opportunities on there. And at the moment, I think we've got 20, 25 uh, startup opportunities on the board. Again, mostly UK based, but we're very much looking to grow that out to the US. And we've got one at the moment from a Resolution Care, which is a, a great palliative care startup, and they've advertised for palliative care physician for their telemedicine platform. So that's an exciting development. Um, we're looking to sort of expand more into the US. So, so I guess those are the three main things that Doctorpreneurs does. At the moment, we run it. There's a core team of six of us. We're running it as a passion project on the side of our day jobs. To be honest, we look at the opportunities that come up and then we assess which would be the most valuable or interesting to go for. And I think what we're driven by is how can we create the maximum impact on the community as opposed to how can we make the most money out of this? Because at the moment, you know, we're not really making any money out of this. So, so for us, what's, what's really gratifying is when we see the, the website visitor numbers going up each month and we see the, the number of countries that we're managing to penetrate with doctors. So, you know, I think that we, we, see, we see a lot of growth potential with doctorpreneurs. What's really nice is when you get, when you sort of meet people who say that doctorpreneurs has really helped define their career. One guy, you know, not, not that we're, we're definitely not about pushing people out of medicine. We're very much about encouraging people to think about what is the best option for them, whether it's intrapreneurship, which we're a big fan of. So, you know, just improving things within the NHS or within your hospital workplace or entrepreneurship, thinking I've got this great idea. I think it's commercially viable. I'm going to take the plunge leave medicine and, and push on with this idea because I think it can improve healthcare in the future. Guys like um, one army doctor who came to us a few weeks ago at an event and said, you know, I love doctorpreneurs and, and it helped me realize that I want to be more entrepreneurial and, and, and do something more creative. So so I handed in my resignation for to the army medicine program after I read a couple of your interviews and got inspired. And I think that's a really nice story because we, we you know, we're giving people the option to think about what else is out there, just sort of go blind, blindly down the conveyor belt of clinical medicine where it might not be for you, or maybe clinical medicine is for you, but you want to do something on the side. So a lot of the entrepreneurs that we've interviewed are very much clinicians like yourself, Greg, but doing things on the side, startups on the side. Uh, Josh Landy is a good example of that from figure one. You know, he said if he ever left clinical medicine world, he would lose a lot of credibility with the work he's doing with figure one, which I think is a really valid point. So there's lots of different ways of approaching this thing. And we at Doctorpreneurs are just trying to support people uh, with whatever startup entrepreneurial journey they are looking to take. Absolutely love your mission. Huge fan. 
I think it's so important, you know, to help physicians along the journey and to help them think about some of the opportunities outside of clinical medicine. And the impact can be great. I think a lot of, you know, physicians in our training, I mean, we spend a lot of time thinking about how to help that one patient, but I think entrepreneurship is such a huge opportunity to really, you know, help you know, large populations and really change systems. So really incredible. What is one of the big lessons learned? You know, doctors have their own style of communicating. We're pretty busy people. How have you guys been effective in terms of, you know, really connecting with the physician group, providing, you know, big value? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good point. And actually, we did an event recently, which was effectively our first event as Doctorpreneurs 2.0, which was a joint event with the London Business School. And we thought it would be great to get the doctors and medical students together with, with the business students to just talk. And, you know, when ideas have sex, uh, so to speak, then lots of interesting things can happen. And, and, you know, you put two different groups of people together who don't usually interact. So I think that we were potentially a little bit nervous about that because I think that doctors sometimes, given that they've been in this medical bubble forever, really, if a lot of times their parents and relatives are doctors, most of their friends are doctors, and actually you really do get into this bubble where you don't really see or realize what is what else is out there. And therefore, perhaps doctors aren't necessarily the strongest communicators with non-medical people about non-medical topics. I mean, of course, that's that's not always the case, but, but it often is. So I think that that is a slight challenge for us where doctors can feel can be quite insular. So I think events like the London Business School event where we got doctors networking with the business students and seeing what else is out there was really valuable. We do a lot of work with on social media. And I think that is that's a relatively easy way to access the doctors because they don't have to necessarily get out of their comfort zone or go out networking and they can learn more about doctorpreneurs. And I think it's it's been helpful for us to recognize that that is an important communication method for our members, partly because they're very busy. They work sort of anti-social hours, not necessarily longer hours than other people, but they may work weekends. So they may work at the times when networking events would otherwise be happening. So this communicating with them online, I think quite effective. The other thing that we've been doing is um, setting up sort of medical student ambassadors in various medical schools across the country, across the UK. That's been very helpful in terms of expanding our reach and getting effectively additional people to spread the doctorpreneur's word in person beyond social media and online. And so far, we've got 15 student ambassadors in various medicals, and we're looking to expand that program out. And I think, you know, in a year or two, we'd like to think we can get some uh, student ambassadors out in the US as well doing a similar thing, because it's always sort of easier and more effective to learn about something from your colleagues or peers than it is uh, reading about it on some distant website or a Twitter account, I think. So, so that's been quite effective for us as well in terms of accessing these doctors and medical students. Very cool. Can you talk a little bit about the opportunities section, you know, both the employer side of things and maybe, you know, I'm a doctorpreneur either in the UK or the US looking for opportunities. What would be the best way to kind of connect and uh, get involved with doctorpreneurs? So as you said, it's a two-sided marketplace. And, you know, I think that we've done, we feel we've done a reasonably good job at building out both sides at the moment. On the employee side, so the potential doctorpreneurs, the value there is that, you know, you can check up on the website and look for opportunities. For example, in the UK, if you look at medical students, they have their summer holidays, which are fortunately quite long for them in the first couple of years of training. And then they also have something called an elective period in their final year, where they basically get two or three months to go off and do something in another country or in the UK, which is 
either clinical medicine or increasingly people are doing sort of more business or startup medicine type opportunities uh, with their time. For medical students, the platform is a great opportunity to see how they can find some internships to fit those summer holiday elective periods. For doctors, we've got advisory roles up there. So if you're a doctor who's become quite an expert in a particular specialist field, then there's lots of startups out there very interested in hearing your input and your view on the startup work they're doing. Equally, there are doctors out there who are thinking, actually, I want to work more full time in a startup capacity. And there are opportunities for doctors to go off and do that. And I think that Doctorpreneurs is unique in offering that opportunity to people. And certainly when I was thinking about what to do outside medicine, something like the Doctorpreneurs Opportunities platform would have been very valuable for me as a way of seeing what was out there. So I think there's a great value for potential doctorpreneurs to get on the platform and see what jobs are on there and opportunities are on there. From the employer's point of view, we've had a lot of success from employers telling us that, you know, we have managed to tap into top doctors and medical student applicants who otherwise we would never have known about because there isn't really a way It's not really the done thing for a startup or any company to waltz into a medical school or a hospital and advertise roles at their company. It's just a bit of a taboo. To be honest, quite rightly so, I guess. You don't want lots of doctors being poached. But at the same time, if you can set up a platform where employers are able to reach these doctors in a sort of non-controversial way, such as the Doctorpreneurs Opportunities platform, and I think that's very valuable for employers. So we've had a lot of good feedback from the employers that have been using the platform so far about the quality and the relevance of the applicants that they've managed to source through our platform. Excellent. Very excited about the opportunities section. I think connecting those pieces are so important and giving you know physicians an opportunity to you know really find some exciting work, do some really incredible stuff. I haven't seen many startups in the medical schools, so. I think you guys are really, uh, you know, putting that nice connection together. Let's go into our last round here. Not our typical hospital round, but our business rounds. Vishal, what's the best advice that you've ever been given? There's a couple of things I was thinking of. And so one was that sort of circumstances make you. There's a point linked to this, which is that I was told this by an uncle of mine several years ago, I think probably something like 10, 12 years ago. I mean, at that time, I sort of just disregarded and thought, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Isn't, what, what does that mean? But, you know, now I've come to realize that it makes a lot of sense. And actually, that that's so important to carry through your life. When I think about the startups that I've come across in my life so far, healthcare and non-healthcare, A lot of the times the founder story is the most compelling part of those startups. And it's also the critical element of why they've been successful. And if you think about the startup stories, the founder story, sorry, they're often, I was found myself in this particular circumstance. And as a result, I thought that a change needed to be created or something better could have been done given the circumstances of my life. So I think everything that people do in the startup world is driven from the context of the lives that they live. And I think that's very important because if you start creating business ideas based on what you perceive other people's problems to be, it can be quite dangerous and wrong. Whereas if you're saying, if you think the circumstances of my life have dictated that actually I need to find a better solution to this particular problem, then that's a much, I think, a much stronger story and also a more likely to be successful story for for getting your startup off the ground. I think linked to that, this idea of you never know when you might be given good advice. So, you know, try and write it down and capture it. And this is definitely not something I've been doing, but I have thought about this and maybe I should have a little 
you know, it's like a little black book, but it's of all this advice, which you can use later in life. Uh, so, so, you know, I think that that's something that, that people should think about. The other thing I wanted to talk about, which was sort of linked to that advice, the circumstances make you is the idea of, and you know, to be honest, I may even have picked this up from one of the modern MD interviews. I'm not sure. I mean, I love this section that you have, Greg, where, uh, where you get people giving, sharing their advice with other people. And I think maybe I picked it up from the modern MD or somewhere else, but, you know, this idea of passion, not profit for your business idea is I think very important. So yeah, there's, there's no point setting up a business, in my opinion, which is purely because you think you can make lots of money out of it. Because even if you make lots of money out of it, where is the drive going to be to sustain your involvement with that startup? Where is the drive going to be to continually iterate and improve that startup? Whereas if you see it as a passion project, then that passion becomes infectious. I think that potential funders are very excited by your the passion you can display for product or an idea. Potential employees at the interview stage can can be really sold on the passion that you are um, that you are displaying for for your startup. So yeah, on a personal level, I think that uh, that wives, children, you know, significant others in your life can be really won over by the passion that you've got for a startup in terms of why are you spending so much time on your startup and not at home with us? And, you know, the passion, I think, is a very important thing to convey, put across to people and say, this is why I'm doing this. It's, it's, it's something that's very important to me. So I think that those two bits of advice together sort of linked in some ways are very important. Great advice. I hope everybody goes back with their little black book and records it. Really, really awesome advice. I think leading with passion, you know, taking note, you know, along the journey and the story and passion is what keeps people going. To that point, do you have a successful daily habit or, a, you know, morning routine that you like to share? Yeah, so I really do like this section of yours because it, it got me thinking about this. And, you know, it's something that I haven't really thought about before. I guess I've just got on with my daily life. It's probably the same for most people, apart from the likes of Tim Ferriss and others who write books about these things. You know, other people probably don't think about this too often. So it was, it was very very good that I was able to start thinking about this because of the questions you posed me. I came up with a couple of things which are very simple things, but then I think if you're going to do something daily, then it's got to be simple. It can't be something really groundbreaking because no one really does groundbreaking things every day. One was replying to emails straight away. So especially the way Doctorpreneurs is set up, it's very much an email-based workflow that we've got because we don't really have an office and we don't work together in person all the time. So, So replying to emails specifically in the doctorpreneurs context to between the co-founders, but also when opportunities come our way. So often with doctorpreneurs, we all get, we'll get some really interesting opportunities. For example, recently, the Financial Times journalist came to us and said, we want to write an article about doctorpreneurs. That's the sort of email where if you sort of don't respond to it reasonably quickly, then then you may lose that opportunity. Another one was the economist had come to us and wanted to write a similar article. Equally, there are sometimes founders that reach out to us and say, I'd love to do an interview. And an example of that recently was Michael Fratkin at Resolution Care. And it was a cold email he sent to us. And if I had not followed up on it, nothing would have happened because I followed up on it. We got an interview out of it, got a few introductions and, and you know, really developed that relationship. So I think it's very easy to read an email and then say, oh, I'll answer it later. And realistically, that doesn't often happen. So I think sometimes people maybe get a bit sort of freaked out when they will receive an email reply from me within a minute of having sent the email. But, but I think that I try and follow that advice every day. 
to not lose out on important opportunities that sort of come through via email. Uh, the second one is a very simple one, and it's just you know make time for lunch. I think there's a lot of people I come across, especially in the medical world, but I'm sure in the startup world as well, who say, oh my God, I had such a busy day, I didn't even get time to have lunch. And to me, that makes no sense. I think there's always got to be time for lunch. Otherwise, effectively, the afternoon, I think, becomes dead time if you're not really working off, working with having had a lunch and that little bit of break, even if it's five, 10 minutes, get out, have some fresh air. So I always try and walk out the office, step out the office for lunch, get a bit of fresh air and interact with some people who are not your computer is also quite nice as a break. So yeah, I think that's important too. Awesome. I love the lunch piece. I think especially in healthcare, we don't make any time for lunch and, you know, grabbing a quick, healthy lunch, whether you're doing full-time entrepreneurship or patient care, I think is, is hugely important. So transitioning into healthcare trends, Vishal, where do you see the future of healthcare going? What are you most excited about? Sure. So there are a couple of things I thought of. They, a slight disclaimer is that they're not necessarily going to be the exact things which are the big trends at the moment. But I thought I would come up with things which I personally have seen and am excited by. And they may not be the most technologically advanced things, but, but I think they're quite interesting. So one was... Uh, so that medical students increasingly being interested in entrepreneurship. And that's obviously a direct result of our work with docspreneurs and the fact that we come across so many of these med students. I certainly think that that's increased since I was at med school about sort of five, 10 years ago. And I think that's really encouraging. It's, it's a big trend because more and more startup, healthcare startups are going to be, first of all, set up by clinicians as opposed to non-clinicians, which I think is encouraging. And secondly, it's going to mean that more and more startups are developed at med school and, you know, by very young founders. So, so I think nowadays people at med school are not just thinking about their clinical studies and about passing their exams, but they're very much looking up for opportunities. And there are lots of opportunities out there, lots of uh, accelerators and incubators which are targeting med students. And obviously things like doctorpreneurs really help with that as well. I think that's definitely one big trend. Another one is a, a slightly more left field maybe. And, uh, you know, I feel like consumer healthcare and specifically the idea of people integrating healthy habits into their daily lives is becoming an increasingly big thing. Specifically, there are a couple of things I've picked up on. And one is the exercise trend. And I really feel like exercise is becoming a bigger and more interesting part of people's lives these days. So it's not just a, oh God, I've got to go to the gym and run on the treadmill again. Nowadays, you're getting lots of innovative, different types of exercise classes, like different types of dance classes, different types of yoga. And there's, you know, lots of people out there in that space who are interested in innovating in the exercise space. And, you know, linked to that, there's the exercise fashion trend. And again, this is only very, you could argue very loosely applied to health, but I think this is all really linked down to healthcare. Um, at the end of the day, it's very much about preventative healthcare. And I think that this is something that, uh, that people should be aware of and be embracing. And, you know, when fashion gets interested in healthcare, I think that that's in an indirect way is very encouraging. For example, I read an article only today about uh, Givenchy in the Financial Times linking up with Nike to sort of develop some fashion, fashionable exercise wear. And, you know, that indirectly gets people interested in exercise, gets them exercising, gets them healthier. And I think that that's a big trend that people should be looking out for. The other trend linked to that is, is around these sort of detox holidays that I'm coming across a lot these days. And I think that that's quite exciting as well, because you're effectively there combining the idea of travel with the idea of health. And again, this is the thing about sort of health integrating itself in lots of different parts and walks of life, which is a big business opportunity. It's also a big positive thing for people as well, instead of just going on 
on holidays and binge eating, they're doing different types of holidays now. I think that, that that's a big thing and linked to that, there's the health food trend. And I think I see increasingly see lots of healthy eating cafes, stores and food products in the supermarkets. Uh, and, you know, I think doctors have a very big part to play in these trends because some of them fall down on the fact that they're not very scientifically proven and they don't really have the kudos or credibility of a doctor vouching for them or advocating for them. But I think as soon as a doctor is advocating for some of these trends and brands and product, because they truly believe in them, then that can be a really powerful thing for that brand. So I think doctors, you know, increasingly should start looking at these trends and thinking, how can I play a part in them and, and help them grow and uh, become a bigger deal and, and more scientifically relevant as well. Dr. Vishal Varani, it was an absolute honor having you on the show. Love the work you guys are doing at the Doctorpreneurs and excited to see how you grow and, and really inspire the global community of medical entrepreneurs and, you know, help physicians to connect with your opportunities section. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show with me. Pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity, Greg. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.